This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. I'm your host, Robert Harrison, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about health, more importantly, how to stop aging and heal anything. And our guest today is Marcus Rothkrantz from HealYourself101.com, who's got a great new book out called The Raw Food Diet lifestyle and he's got about I think another hundred PDFs and he's just got an incredible um, amount of information that he has uh, produced and that he actually personally lives in and just as I as I introduce Marcus one of the things I want to let all my listeners know is I'm a big believer in really finding and interviewing people who practice what they preach one of the things that impresses me most about Marcus uh, so far is that this guy really does what he says and if you check out his website, like killyourself101.com, you'll see that this guy actually walks his talk. And he's an incredible health. He's incredibly fit. And he's incredibly creative and uh, has produced a massive amount in his few trips around the sun. So with that said, Marcus, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. Nice to be here. Good, good. So tell us a little bit about um, this idea of stop aging and heal anything. And if I left anything out on your intro, feel free to kind of throw it in there. No, that was pretty good. That, that, that's, I like being introduced. <laughs> that was great. Um, I just want to do the right thing. I always did. And I really didn't know what the right thing was, uh, other than the obvious stuff, don't hurt anybody. But when I was a kid, you know, my parents fed me what they thought was the, uh, you know, standard American diet and I mean, even in, well, they're actually European, and even over there, they really didn't know. And I was sick. I almost died when I was a child. I almost died like four times in my life. And uh, and I nobody knew what it was. They thought, well, the kid was born with a weak immune system. He's got allergies, you know, genetics, blah, 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 the same crap. And meanwhile, I was eating, you know, candy and sugar and soft drinks and milk and noodles and bread and pasta and, and everything. I mean, just cookies, the worst stuff. And I was getting worse and worse, and I was gagging on all kinds of mucus, and, you know, I just thought, well, gee, somebody doesn't like me, and, you know. um, And, you know, so it took me 30 years to figure out what was wrong, and it was trial and error. And back then, you know, 30 years ago, People didn't know as much about health as they do now. The it, the information wasn't as quickly spread like it is now. And um, anyway, it was just a. It's been a lifelong journey to figure out what real health is, and it's not just physical too. And I'll get to that in a minute. But when I was in my late twenties, I I would literally almost die. everything was falling apart. I mean, my body was just pathetically bad, and. Um, and I started. I got some books, and I tried things. I tried the vegetarianism, and I still got sick. And then I, you know, ten years later, I went vegan. I got better, but I still got sick. And it wasn't until a few years ago that 
I finally got back to the way nature designed us to live, and that's eating things the way they're found in nature, without cooking them, without processing them, without buying them in boxes and cans and bottles and bags. And that's when the radical, I mean, it was like, my God, the gates of heaven just opened up, and, and I started, what I saw in the mirror was amazing. I started getting younger. My, I have not been sick since, and I used to get sick like every three days. And Wow. And it was just amazing. I mean, it was like I became a different person. And not only that, but the way I thought, the way my memory, the way I felt, my emotions, the way I could, I could smell here. My, my glasses, I couldn't use them anymore. My vision got better than 2020. It was like, oh, my God, why didn't they tell me this when I was a kid? And I realized this is a major thing. Even doctors don't know this stuff. All they know is how to treat symptoms with drugs. They don't really know what real health is. And this is something that I realize even the smartest people, there's, I know millionaires, I know billionaires who walk up a flight of stairs and they're gasping for air and, they're about, and they have heart attacks and they're, they're, they have gallstones and, and they can't think straight. And it's like nobody, no matter how rich you are, people usually don't know what real health is. And I said, this is a major, major thing that it just blows my mind that most people have no concept what it is. And once you feel it and taste it and live it, it's you're, the, the, you're a whole new person. And then people see you like this and they go, what did you do? And everything changes. The way, you're, the way you think, your value system, how you work, what you choose to do in your life, your, your mission in life changes. Um, your relationships change, the way you interact with other people, your energy levels, um, what matters to you. And then ultimately other people start doing it. And as they do it, their life changes, and ultimately it ripples out and the world starts to change. And I realize, and that's what the World Health Project is, the, the thing that I'm working on, um, ultimately most of the problems on this world, the economy crashing, the, the health issues, you know, multi-trillion dollar industry, uh, is because normal people like you and me really don't know what health is, and we're making really bad decisions both health-wise, financially, relationship-wise, and it's killing the world. It's We're consuming, that's why we're called consumers, we're consuming the world based on what we know, and it's all connected, it all ripples out, and it basically starts from within us. We, we can't wait for someone else to save us, to make us better. Doctors aren't going to do it, the banks aren't going to do it, the government's not going to do it. It's us. It all starts with us and the choices we make. What we put in our mouth, what we put in our, what we choose to do for a living, how we react with other people. Yeah. So, all... Marcus, so, Marcus, if you don't mind, let me back you up just a minute and, and, and ask you for, for those people out there, because we're going to dig deep into this today. And, you know, you mentioned that you kind of went from eating the normal things, the standard American diet, or what, what we in the health movement call the SAD diet. And then you talked about eating all the things that are basically advertised on TV, right? You know, like, yeah. you know, have your Twinkies, have your cereal, right, right, right. have your Pop-Tart, you know, because oh my God, strawberry yeah. filling in it, right? The strawberry filling, but there's no strawberries in I it. Know. I was know. I was the Pop-Tart king. <laughs> I ate nothing but Pop-Tarts, and, I, and the, the, the soft drinks I drank, this is back in the 70s. I remember Orange Crush. It was like fluorescent orange. And I said, I can't, now I'm looking back and I'm going, I can't believe it was Oh, that's what I was living off was TV dinners and Orange Crush, and it was like Pop-Tarts. So tell, just tell us a little bit about what that, you know, because I want the people that this is a new concept to. Let's start with, like, what makes, why is that bad for people? Because the thing is, we 
believe, unfortunately, what we hear on TV a lot of times. And when you hear stuff like, well, this food is rich in vitamin C and it's got all this stuff, the, the marketing really leads you to believe that a lot of what you're buying off the shelf with preservatives and nitrates and stuff, they really believe that that stuff's okay. So, so let's start with just why is that bad for you? Like, why, why is that making people sick at such an alarming rate? Okay, well, my, the thing that I'm famous for is a little line that I say is like, okay, you take an apple and you plant it in the ground and you get an apple tree growing out of the ground. You take a bag of pasta or a loaf of bread or a cookie and you plant it in the ground, what grows out of the ground? Nothing. There's no life in that. It's dead. Yeah. It gets moldy. Well, the same thing happens with you. When you eat something that has life in it, real life, like something that nature is going to make something out of, like a sunflower seed can grow something six, six feet tall out of it, or, you know, or, or an apple seed can grow a giant tree out of it. There's something in there that I don't even think science knows what it is. I don't know what it is, but it's something that creates new life. And if you eat that life, you stay alive. It's the order of nature. That it's like things eat other living things in order to pass the life on. And if you eat dead food, you become dead. You slowly start to fade away. In the moment, you if you let's say let's take the apple. If you cut the apple in half, you've pretty much killed it. I mean, it starts oxidizing. It starts going brown. Why does it go brown? Because there's enzymes in there. The enzymes. The job of the enzymes is to return the apple back to the ground so it can decay and rot and recycle to become new life of another sort. And the enzymes are in every living thing. They break it down. It's the job of the enzymes to break it down so it can be recycled. And when you heat something with, with heat, you cook it, uh, you fry it, you bake it, you, whatever it is, you're killing anything above 115 degrees kills the enzymes, making the food dead. And that's why even if you took something out of the ground, like a carrot or an apple or, or you know anything that's natural, fruit or vegetable, and you cook it, you're killing it. It's dead. Suddenly it's not something anymore that you're supposed to be eating. And that's what we do. We just naturally, the first thing we do when we get something that's healthy for us is we somehow process it to a, to a form that our body can't even recognize. And they've actually found that when you eat cooked food, that your white blood cell count goes way up, meaning something, your body is fighting something. It doesn't even recognize what the food is anymore. It, the, the computer bank in your body doesn't even know what it is. And your, your body is fighting the very food that you're eating to try to give yourself sustenance. And it doesn't, and that's just cooked food. Now we're talking about processed food, like candy bars and bread and pasta. That's like you've taken something to, you've broken it into such a form that is so foreign from the way it is in nature, that not only have you killed it, but it's become something that's toxic to the body, and your body creates, it becomes very acidic, it creates mucus to try to protect you from it, and that's where all kinds of problems start. I mean, I can list a whole list of problems, you know, and then parasites start growing in there because they love that stuff. They love that phlegmy, mucusy, sludgy crap that starts building up in you. And then you you actually end up being more bi bacteriological, pathogenic organisms than you are cells that make you up. You're actually more parasites than a human being. People don't even know that there's more bacteria living on us than human cells. <laughs> it's pretty scary, but... Um, well, can you say a little bit more about that for people who have not heard of the concept of... 
um, you know, of bacteria or, or, well, not bacteria, but parasites in the body. I know, you know, parasites, worms, yeast, mold, fungus. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what causes this in the human body? Yeah. And, and, you know, what the dangers of it are and what the signs are, maybe for those people listening or wondering if they might have something like going on in their body that would explain why their health isn't where it could be. Well, everybody is parasites. That's a given. I mean, one handshake is half a million organisms. You can breathe it in. A pinworm eggs actually can fly through the air. You breathe them in. It's like it, you cannot escape them. I, I, it's t- touching a doorknob, a keyboard, anything. You get just, you, there's no way around it. Parasites are part of nature. It's just like enzymes. They're, they have to be, uh, be a part of nature for it to work. The, the trick is everything has to be in balance. Just like the bacteria in your gut, there's good bacteria and bad bacteria. The, the, the bad stuff goes crazy when you're unhealthy, and the good stuff usually keeps it under control. Um, parasites are really nothing more than garbage men. What they do is eat garbage. They, if, you, if your body is unhealthy and it's got all kinds of sludge and, and crap in it from bad foods, you're feeding the parasites, and they multiply, and they multiply like crazy. Um, worms can lay 300,000 eggs an hour by certain types. It's really scary, and it's not the 30-foot tapeworm you should be afraid of. It's the little single-celled amoebas that, that are so small that can get into your bloodstream and go into your brain and your organs and start eating um, and they start eating. They start by eating the garbage in you, the the the, the crappy food that's undigestible. But you got to remember, these are living organisms. They eat and they poop. So what they poop out is toxic to our body. It's not only high in ammonia, but it's very toxic in many many ways. And people don't. And I can get really disgusting here, but one third of what you poop out is not even human waste. It's parasite poop. <laughs> uh, and my best-selling product is a parasite formula, actually. And I've had people say that it, it, it's amazing what came out of their bodies, and they thought they were healthy. I know a dancer here in Vegas who's really thin and hot looking, and she did nothing but a two-week fast, like just liquid fast, didn't even do a parasite cleanse, and nests of worms started coming out. I mean, it's in us all. We, it's freaky how, how we are live, literally walking hotels filled with all kinds of bacteriological organisms that feed off of what we eat. And, and not only that, it's not just physical stuff. If you're stressed out, your body becomes acidic. It's, in, an acidic body creates mucus because acid burns Cells. So your body creates mucus to, to kind of like saran wrap your cells individually to protect them. But the problem is your cells can't breathe, and nutrition can't get in, and waste can't come out. So you're suffocating your body. And not only that, mucus is slimy, and, and parasites love to live in that warm, gooey environment. So you're breeding the parasites. They love that. So let's say you're stressed. And what are you doing when you're stressed? You probably have some kind of comfort food to make you feel good. And that's really the thing about the economy here is when it's really bad, we get all stressed out, money problems. So what do we do? We have some warm, wonderful comfort food that makes us feel good. Well, that feeds the parasites and makes, you know, not only that, if you get tired after you eat, that's a really good sign you're eating something that's not good for you because your body's fighting what you're eating and uh, it slows, slows you down. And everything from what you eat to your stressful state um, just breeds that stuff and makes things worse. And I'm okay, saying, but if, if parasites are, are, you know, natural and if we all have them, then what is like the optimal level 
have in your body and how would you like how would you determine that so in other words and and then also really quickly what are some of the signs that a person has parasites so basically you're saying everyone does yeah but maybe for those who have a serious kind of overgrowth or have too much of it or too much of the bad bacteria the bad flora going on in there how would you determine that and you know what are the easiest things we can do to remedy that well the obvious thing is that, um well first thing is you're you're tired a lot that that's a really good sign that, that you're um, toxic and then anytime you're toxic your body is acidic and, and therefore you're breeding that uh, candida yeast fungus that's an obvious one because that, that is a form of that, that is a, a bacterial that's a pathogen that's a bacteria virus um, but pretty much any health condition out there has some kind of parasitical involvement in it because if you're off balance, if you're not healthy, if your energy level is not like, if you don't feel like bouncing off the walls, you're probably, you're, you're, you're less than optimal, meaning you're uh, not just unhealthy, but you're going in the wrong direction and you're breeding all kinds of bad stuff. And if you feel like you've got a heavy weight on your life and you're burdened and you're run down and you're, you're groggy, you can't think straight, if you don't feel like you're 16, um, and because really, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 50 and I feel, I've got the energy level of a 16 year old. I'm like, you know, I'm I, literally, I run from room to room. I'm like, I slide across the floor. I'm like, I'm, I do backflips. And it's like, you can't stop me. This, this is what it's supposed to be like. You're supposed to be like this until the day you die. And if you're not like that, if you're not like all giggly and, and like a nutty kid, and I'm not talking about on a sugar rush, I'm talking about natural high. Where you can think, where you only we only need a few hours of sleep, where you can like hear things four rooms away, where you can see things that you know in, at night that you couldn't see before. Um, that's how we're supposed to be. And if you're not like that, then you're you need to clean out. And that's what I tell the most important thing that people do for health. It's not really what you eat; it's what you get rid of. It's cleaning out your body, doing a cleanse. Fasting is an is the one thing that every religion in the world says to do to heal anything. And you start with liquids and you don't eat so your body can focus on cleansing stuff out. And that's what I talk about in my book is you need to clean. There's no way around it. You can't take a magic pill. There's nothing out there, no superfood, nothing that is going to give you what you need unless you clean out. You can't put good gasoline in a rusted out car and expect it to work like, like, a, like an Indy car. You, got to, you have to clean the rust out. And... Most people, and even raw foodists need to do it. Even people that are living the right lifestyle, they have to clean because the air is toxic, the water is toxic, people around us are toxic, the energy, even the negative energy from the news, it's all toxic. It's, it, 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 yeah. it slows us down. We have to get clean out our body, mind, and spirit on a daily level, do a fast one day a week where we eat nothing, and then a couple times a year you do a really serious cleanse, a parasite cleanse and a full body liquid fast. You have to do that. Every religion says to do it. I mean, it's something you have to do, especially nowadays in this toxic world. It, it, it's just, it's so important. Well, to, to just start with some of the basics, because, you know, the idea of fasting for some people requires a huge amount of discipline. And it, it seems like, you know, I, I know David Wolf is famous for saying, you really are what you eat. So would you say, Marcus, that one of the first places to start is to just stop putting the junk in the body? And if so, what, what would be the main kind of things to target to try and remove from your diet? 
Yeah, well, and then, I, and then I, what should we add as well? The answer is actually both. You are what you eat, and you are what you not eat. Um, it's both. It, it's like if you put bad stuff in, obviously. I mean, your cells are, you, you, your bucket, your 100 trillion cells, that's what makes you up. And there are like 100 million cells being created every minute, every hour in your body. And they are only made by what you put in there. So if you think like, well, what's this one little pizza going to do? What's this one little slice of you know, burrito or, or whatever it is that you have, you think, well, I'm just going to sneak this one little thing in there. What's that one little thing going to do? Well, you just, that 100 million cells that's being made in the next 45 minutes, what do you think they're going to be made out of? And once they're made out of that, that's part of you. That becomes part of you. And then that next little thing that you sneak in like three days from now, that becomes part of you. There are things that stay in us for years. It doesn't come out the next day. It stays in us, and it makes us what we are. And we get slow, slowly, slowly over the years. We get more tired, a little slower. We start aging. We start wrinkling up. We start thinking not like we used to be. That's because it's all adding up. And in order to do to get rid of that, you need to clean out those cells. It's like wrink, like wringing out a sponge. You got to get rid of forty years of accumulated crap, and it doesn't happen overnight. You got to squish out every single cell and get that stuff out of you. And the longest living people on the planet, they barely eat it all. That's the secret. Even science has found that the one thing, the only thing that they've found of all scientific testing, that makes people live longer is calorie restriction. It's not eating very much. People in Pakistan, they look skinny to us, but they're, they live to be 140, 130. Uh, yeah, the, the length of your life is directly proportional to the health of your digestive system, and obviously the more we use it, the more we start to cash it out. Right, time, exactly. The more damage we do to it as well. Right. 70% so, of our energy goes to digesting food. And... That's a lot of energy. And think about it. If you eat solid food, if you eat like a piece of meat, you eat uh, anything, even, even, just, even vegetarians, if you eat pasta, which is dead food, or let's say healthy stuff, let's say uh, something that's, you know, fruit or vegetable that's solid, that all, every, whatever it is that you eat has to be turned into liquid. Because the liquid becomes blood, and the blood goes through your system and then feeds your organs and muscles, right? So ultimately, everything that you eat has to be chewed and we don't chew enough, that's another issue, uh, has to be turned into liquid, total liquid, and dissolved. And that's a lot of work to turn all that, whatever it is you eat, look at your plate next time. You go eat that Thai food, that Indian food, whatever it is, that Mexican food. Whatever you see on that plate has to be turned into liquid. And we, we do like two or three chews and then we swallow. So we have this half-digested food going down and we think, well, our stomach will take care of it. It's got acid, right? It'll, it'll die. You know, and so, you know how much, and that's another issue. Our stomach acid is not strong enough. That's why people get gas. That's why they have, they feel bloated. That's why they have all kinds of issues, and that's why we age rapidly, and it's all written, it's all in my book. I, I list all, like, the, made, the major problems. Um, yeah, you covered, you pretty much covered on. Now, let's just briefly touch on this for a minute, since we're talking about, um, you know, human beings having a weaker stomach acid than, say, like a lion or something that's definitely a flesh eater. There's also a lot of studies that show that if you look at the teeth of humans, uh, if you look at the length of our digestive system, and for yeah. those of you who don't know, in, an an, in a, in a meat-eating animal, it's much shorter right. because of the rate that meat decays and putrefies. So right. we really, our bodies are designed totally. to be frugivores. 
Right. Well, we are, and we're, and we are survivalists. And yes, we can eat meat if we have to, because we we can we, we're like a big giant furnace that could you just throw something in there, it'll burn it, it'll eat it. Yes, I mean that's why you know if you're in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing but an animal, you kill it, you eat it, you'll survive. That's true. You can, but there's a price to pay. And uh, our stomach acid is 10 times weaker than a carnivore's. If you ever watch a carnivore eat an animal, they, they don't chew. They just swallow the thing whole. They just go gulp and the whole animal goes down. And their stomach acid is so strong that it can digest the fur, the bones, the feathers, everything. And well, they also don't cook it. <laughs> right, they also don't cook it. But the point is, it takes a lot of a lot of something really strong to digest feathers and fur and bones. And yeah. they, you know, and if you ever watch a carnivore go to town, they they just they just gulp it down and and you know, and they got this big giant lump in their stomach, and then the next day it's pooped out. It we can't do that. It doesn't work that way. And if we try to do that, we we'd be rushing to the hospital the next day. Um, so we're way different. And the other thing is, carnivores their bodies are so acidic. They don't live long. Most carnivores live maybe 10 years, even in the wild. They don't live very long because their bodies are so acidic. Herbivores are the longest living animals, the elephants or rhinoceroses, giraffes or whatever, whales. The, the ones that eat greens, those are the ones that live forever. And the carnivores, they might, have a, they might be really strong and fast, and, you know, but they burn out a lot faster because they're, they're very acidic system and we we can live off of anything but um we're not that you know if you really want to live long you want to be healthy you don't want to have prostate cancer you don't want to have you know that that's mainly the main issue for prostate issues is people that guys that eat meat yeah, I was about to have yeah. protein you know got to be a man it's like that's funny i mean gorillas are 10 times stronger than humans they don't eat meat yeah you know, well, I need to have my muscles. Well, where does an elephant get its, you know, 50,000 pounds of weight from? Where does a rhinoceros or the, the biggest animals on the planet don't eat meat? So where does a horse and a cow get it? They get they eat leaves and grass. It's in there. You get your protein. Yeah, and it's a higher, it's a higher quality of protein. So for those, for those people who are starting out right now, they're going, okay, this makes sense. I understand this. Let's talk about some simple, basic you know, and, and for those of you who have not checked out Marcus's website, go to health, um, go to healyourself101.com and check it out. Look at his before and after pictures. You look so so much better at, you said you're almost 50 now than when you were 29. It's, it's unbelievable. And I think the pictures are like 45 and 29, and it's, it's unquestionable at that point. So, Marcus, just... We're obviously talking about going to more live foods that are going to have the enzymes, that are going to have everything as nature kind of made it, which is very, very different than when you start trying to ingest a vitamin, you yeah. know, like vitamin yeah, yeah. C versus an orange. I know. I, let's just leave it at this. There's no difference between the two. No one can recreate nature like nature. So for those people just starting off, I, I tell a lot of people in my weight loss clinic, you know, go find your local farmer's market, get to know the people that are actually making right. your food. And when right. you do that, you'll actually go, you know what, I think I want my oranges from this guy because I just, I like them better. I like their energy better. You know that they're doing clean, organic, sustainable um, agriculture. But where would you tell people to start? I mean, and, and let's talk about, like, specifically, what should they remove from their diet and what should they add? Okay. And, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, that, I can't list it all. You just have to buy the book for that. But the way I started is, okay, it's really simple. Just, first of all, you've got to do a cleanse, and that means stop everything. And I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about 
everything, your relationship. I'm not saying stop it, but just put yourself in a, in a room by yourself, clean yourself out, and, and where you clear your mind, and you, you look. And from everything from that moment forward, you look at it from a new view. You say, is this relationship that I'm in toxic? Is this work that I'm doing killing me? Is this food that I'm eating not good for me? Everything that you that you see, that you hear, that you taste, that you communicate with, everything, you know, the, the, the news that you're watching, whatever it is that you do, look at it from a new perspective. Is this, does this make me feel good or does it drain me in some way? Well, if it drains you in some way, chances are it's not good for you, it's toxic, so get rid of it, move on, and start a new life. And so the first thing is to clear everything out. Start from the number zero and then work your way from there. Start with water, okay? Start with the cleanest, freshest spring water you can get. Not something that comes in a plastic bottle because that'll mess with your hormones and get you all feminized. You don't want to do that. Um, start with the cleanest, most purest thing that you can and then work your way into juices like, uh, like cucumber celery juice with a little bit of garlic to clean out the the pathogens and you know work your way up put an apple and a carrot in there but gotta have green leafy stuff half of what you take in should be green leafy things like spinach or kale chard whatever it is so the best way i'm i'm lazy i don't like to prepare food i don't have time i got too many things to do i mean a matter of fact if i never have to eat again i'd be happy so what i do is i just have a blender i have a vitamix i just throw stuff in there whatever it is celery cucumber and a couple cups of water maybe a pear or an apple, and I just, just liquefy it. That way my digestion is already taken care of, and I drink it. That's my food. That's my it's two meals right there. And um, I'm, on, I'm on my way. It's really, really simple. It's not that complicated. And um, so you, you got to just – basically the thing that you need to ask yourself is, is this that I – whatever it is I'm taking in – is this something that's found in nature, and is it the way? Is it the found in the way that it is? Like if I was to pick it off a tree, or pull it off of a bush, or pull it out of the ground, is this the way it would be? Yes. And when I say blending, all I'm doing is chopping it up, and but I'm drink I'm drinking it right away. If I was to blend something in a blender and liquefy it, that's processing it. Yes, you're oxidizing it. If you let it sit there for a day, then it would probably be useless. But if you drink it right away, within like the first 10 minutes, then you've still got the vitality in there. So that's kind of the key. It's like the minute you process something from its natural state, you have like maybe 10, 20 minutes before it starts oxidizing and, and becoming a worthless piece of, you know, just mineral matter. Um, and we can, never, we can never perfect what God's already made. We can't get better. I mean, science can try, but nature's already perfect. You can't improve on it. Why even try it? There's no point. And, and one of the, um, there's a great book called In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan. And he just, what he talks about in that book is he doesn't really offer solutions so much, but he just talks about um, how we, you know, came about having things like Cheerios and oatmeal bars and things like this. And it's all about capitalism and how it drives the refinement and processing of foods because most whole natural foods are not marketable. You don't really right. need commercials for whole natural foods because there isn't a lot of profit in it, which is good for the consumer. Right. And, you know, I remember hearing an interview with Storm Talaferro once, who's a um, 30-year raw vegan, and um, 
He mentioned that, uh, you know, eventually it'll be good business to sell people good food because otherwise you'll kill all your customers. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're, what, I love, what I love about your book, The Raw Food Diet and Lifestyle, is that you talk about how to do, you know, how to heal yourself, how to do all this stuff, and you, you make it simple for people, you make it accessible, um, you make it, you know, you're not selling high-cost, high-expensive no. Superfoods and things like that, yeah. And that's, and that's what I'm famous for. Is like, I I want to treat people like I want myself to be treated. I, this is a very fast-paced world. Nobody's got time to read some esoteric book and theory and formulas, you know, as to why metaphysically we should be doing things. You know, if you're into that, that's great. But most people just say, "Look, just tell me what to take. I got 30 seconds. Just tell me what what what, what to pop." You know, and, and I say, "Okay, that's what I do." I literally just in as few words as possible, cut it down and just say literally, do this, do that, do that. Go to the grocery store, go go to the hardware store, go go to the the drugstore, you know, buy a ten dollar enema bag, go in your bathroom and this is what you I literally tell people what to do. I say, here's a little diagram. This is how you stick the enema bag in your butt. This is what you do. You know, it's ten bucks, it'll heal what a hundred thousand dollar hospital visit will take care of. Is it's that simple. I mean it's like you you can heal yourself at home, in your kitchen, in your bathroom and in your bedroom for almost nothing. And it, real health doesn't cost money. As a matter of fact, the best raw food in the world is free. It grows in your garden. In, in your, in, it's the weeds growing up out of the cracks in your. In the, it's those fruit trees in your neighborhood that nobody ever plucks. It's, it's, you know, dandelions and milk thistle, which are considered weeds, are some of the most powerful herbal foods that you can eat. Milk thistle is really, really good for your liver. Dandelions are really, really good for digestion. And when people get messed up and they start having problems, and you go to the, you know, the, the, the health store and you start buying liver formulas, well, what's in there? It's milk thistle. It's an herb. It's, it's, it's a weed. So I'm actually making a, a, a video right now. It's going to be out within the next month of it's free raw food, surviving off of weeds. And in this economy, uh, I, it's amazing how most people are afraid to even eat an apple. It's like they're afraid of it, but yet they'll have apple-flavored Pop-Tarts or something. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. It's like people go out in the nature, 99% of what's out there is edible. Like I, my, like I have a rosemary. I have a whole bunch of rosemary just growing as landscaping around my property. I just take mouthfuls of it. It's really good for your brain. It's really good for your whole uh, biochemistry of your brain. I have sage growing out front. They're they're ornamental. I eat them. I just grab a handful when I go to the car. It's all really good for you. And I've got like palm trees across the road. This guy's got these palm trees. They look really cool. There's this salt palmetto. What is salt palmetto? It's it's for your masculinity. It gives you big balls. It makes you really strong and powerful. It makes you get muscles. It's like and the berries are really really sweet. I mean, it's amazing what people don't even know what's out there. Yeah, and you cover all that in your book. You cover that in there, and you go into detail about how to do that. This is Robert Harrison. This is Coaching by the Life Coach. Today we're talking with Marcus Rothkrantz, and we'll be right back. Listen to Evolutionary Sales, integrating 21st century psychology with ethical sales techniques. A daily audio program to make your explosive success not just possible, but predictable on personallifemedia.com. All 
right, we're back, and we're talking with Marcus Rothkrantz from HealYourself101.com. Today we're talking about health and how to stop aging and heal anything. Now, let's shift tracks just a little bit, and I love the idea of really cleansing out your entire life. Yeah. And in another episode, I'm going to talk about Vipassana meditation. There are free retreats that anyone can go to that are 10 days long, and it is a mental fast. There's no reading. There's no writing. There's no looking other people in the eye. It is you are meditating from 4.30 in the morning to 9 at night. It's more doable than you think. And at the end of that, it, it is like a mental mental cleanse for people, and it's extremely powerful. Um, but let's talk just a little bit more about... For those people out there right now, so obviously you're telling them if, first off, is it, you know, let's go over some of the ground rules. Bitter is better when it comes to greens, right? We want the yes. dark, bitter greens. Yes. If you're going to pull them out of your yard, people, let's make sure, though, that your yards aren't sprayed with Roundup right, and right, right, Monsanto yeah. chemicals. Okay. <laughs> so, but then get rid of anything if you can't pronounce what's on the label, really if it's in a package on the store. You know, and I actually, what I tell my clients in our weight loss clinic is don't even go to the grocery store. Go to the farmer's market because it's easy. And really, the majority of the food there, which is a complete opposite of a grocery store, the majority of the food at a farmer's market is going to be free of pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, and it's going to be whole and natural. And it's local, which is important. Yes, it's local. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important to eat local food? Yeah. It's it's kind of interesting because nature is so is so much infinite intelligence that people aren't don't even have an, any grasp of how appreciative they should be of nature. Um, if there is a poisonous plant, the antidote plant grows right next to it. Most people don't know that. Um, and it, nature has a like whatever grows in the desert, the aloe is and the 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 yucca and the juniper berries, all that stuff is stuff that you need if you have some kind of physical condition because of, of what happens in the desert. And there's, they say that in, the, in the, the big cities where people are really stressed out, there's a massive amount of uh, St. John's wort growing naturally in those areas now because nature's sensing that people are stressed out and they need something to... So nature gives you what you need wherever you are. And the, the tropical plants that you eat um, are really high in, in enzymes that kill parasites that flourish in humid tropical areas. So if you eat papayas and mangoes and pineapple, they're really, really high in papain and, and bromelain and enzymes that digest protein, which is what pa- uh, pathogens and bacteria are that grow in tropical areas. But you don't need that as much in the colder areas. So each part of where you live, wherever you live, something grows in that area that you need because you're living in that area. And not only that, I guess one of the biggest reasons is if you eat something that was picked halfway around the world, it was picked green. And it was, you know, and there, there, it wasn't even, didn't even have a chance to mature and, and get all the nutrients that it needed. And when you eat green food, it's very acidic and it's not good for you. And, it, and you're basically eating something that was ripened while it was in an airplane or a ship. And you need to eat something the minute it's picked off of a tree. Because the minute it's something's picked, even it's like if you pick lettuce out of your garden, within like 30 minutes, the, the MSM contact, the, the, the organic sulfur, starts to dissipate, and you won't have any within a day. So whatever you're buying that was picked halfway around the world or another state, half of its nutrition is already gone. So if you buy something that's local, 
chances are it was picked like just recently, and it's a lot fresher. You've got a lot more nutrients that hasn't oxidized yet, and it's got phytonutrients and alkaloids and saponins and sterols that are all necessary for people living in that climate in that type of area. It's really important. And, yeah, it's okay to have some exotic stuff every now and then, but for basic health, nature is very, very smart. It's very intelligent. It knows what you need based on where you live. That's wonderful. And I, I want to mention one or two other points on that real quick. One is that when you buy from your local farmer's market, you're supporting your local businesses. You're also cutting out the middleman. You're reducing right. the carbon imprint in terms of what it takes to truck that stuff around. And you also are very in tune to what's in season, which is really, really exactly. neat. Like, so, one of the most favorite, and if people check out my blog so they can see pictures, it's one of my funnest things to do is we, our family, every Sunday we go down to the farmer's market um, and we walk around and we look at what's local and what's fresh. We say hi to our farmers. We know them. Um, you know, a lot of them have really kind of good karma just from talking to them. And that's how we get our food. And that is, you know, the majority of what we eat is those fresh fruits and vegetables that we're getting right there from, you know, our local places. But I love the idea of doing uh, a video on foraging. I think that that is a great idea. And you were saying earlier about eating stuff that, that don't eat things that you can't pronounce. Well, if it has a label in the first place, don't even buy it. I mean, don't buy anything that somebody else put ingredient, unless it's like an herbal mixture or something. But but anything that you buy that has like ingredients, like even when I go to like a raw food place that has like quote unquote raw food bars or whatever it is, I don't even buy any of that crap. I mean, I eat basically fruits, nuts, vegetables. Things that are literally picked off of a tree or a bush, and I recognize what it is. It's like basically the produce section. That's the only place you should ever go. Don't go to anything that has a box or a bag or a, you know, that has a label on it with ingredients. Yeah, and try to stay organic. Now, there's also there's some foods that are better to get organic than not. And uh, for those of you who are interested, you can always email me to Robert at PersonalizedMedia.com, and we have a list of the foods that are better off. You know, that like you absolutely like berries, you absolutely want to get those organic, uh, but things with a thicker skin like avocado, you know, it, and for some people it's harder to get organic avocados, and well, then maybe that's something you can kind of splurge on a little bit. Now, Marcus, I, I have to ask you, tell me about your transition. I see the picture of you when you're 29. I see the picture of you when you're 46. You look phenomenal. Um, it, it sounds like you're phenomenal inside and out. How long when you finally really switched to you know, kind of non-processed, non-refined food, refined food. I know it was over stages, but how long did that transition take for you, and how long do you expect that it would take for the average, you know, our listeners probably between 35 and 50, how long do you think it will take for the average American who's just waking up to this now and going, oh, I thought, you know, McDonald's was part of a, you know, good yeah. diet. And well, they want to make that transition. And, and by the way, I just got carded last week. I'm almost 50 and I'm getting hard. People think I'm 20. Um, Anyway, the answer is, as far as uh, feeling better, instantly. I mean, you're going to start feeling, I mean, my business manager went raw overnight and he lost 40 pounds in eight weeks. And the before and after pictures, a lot of these people that do that kind of stuff is dramatic. You don't even recognize them. It's like, I mean, look at Philip McCloskey, he lost 200 pounds. And Angela, she, she lost 160. I mean, it, it's amazing how, well, that, that's like the first obvious thing. You lose weight and your body starts looking like it's supposed to. Uh, energy levels go through the roof. You start, now, people need to understand when they go through 
through a major change like that, all the, it's like spring cleaning. When you do spring cleaning in your house and you clean out all your cupboards and your drawers, your house is a mess, right? It's, you've got all this garbage. You don't want people to come over because it's a real mess. Your garbage cans are overflowing. Well, your body's like that, too. When you're going through a cleanse, you're going to be worse before you get better because you've got all this toxic crap getting in your system. You're going to feel sluggish. You might even get sick, whatever it is. Just realize this is supposed to happen. You're getting all this crap coming into your system, and that's why you need to do cleansing, colonics and enemas and stuff while you're detoxing because you've got to help your body get rid of all this stuff that's coming out of your cells. Um, but as far as getting better looking and things like that, um, the general rule that they say is it's generally a month for every year. So if it's, uh, if it's 40 years old, then it's 40 months um, as far as getting to be back to looking and feeling like a teenager again. But as far as energy levels and just feeling dramatically different, um, once the initial surge of detox crap getting in your system is over with, which is maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month, depending on how bad you are, that's when the, like, it gets worse before it gets better. You actually start looking, like, really, like, bad for, I mean, you're, you look in the mirror and you go, oh my God, it's getting worse. That's actually where a lot of people get scared and they stop and, and they go back to their bad ways because they think that it's not working. Well, it is working. It's just, you got to get the bad stuff out of you. And that's why you get worse before you get better. But when, if you know that that's what's happening and you make it through that phase, it's like, you know how they say it's darkest before the dawn and, and all that stuff. Well, that's what it's like. It gets really bad, and then the next that uh, then one day happens, you wake up and, you, and you're like, it's over. The battle is over. I'm this is a new me. I can feel it. And you wake up, you look in the mirror, and and all that puffy, nasty, wrinkly crap that you saw in the you know that that it's gone, and you start becoming this new person. And the before and after pictures speak for itself. Not just my pictures, but a lot of these other people who have done this. It's like they become beautiful people, become like, like, like models again. And, like, it, it's amazing. I'm still, I mean, I've got people mark up to me in the street because I live in Vegas say, are you a dancer? And I go, well, no, but thank you. You know, you become a new person again. I mean, young and sexy, your energy, your hormones go through the roof. It's like, oh, my God, I wish I was like this when I was a teenager. It's, it's amazing. And so depending how messed up you are, is you know, and how dedicated you are to cleaning out is is going to determine how quickly you get better. But trust me, you will. A lot of people get better than they've ever been in their life. They don't even know it's possible to be like this, to have an energy level like this, to look like this. And if you look at pictures of me on the internet, just go on Facebook or whatever, and you'll see what I look like. It, it's like, I mean, even those pictures that you saw of me when I was 46 you should, or 45, you should see me now, two years later. It's like, I look even younger than that. It's like I'm going backwards in time. It's like that movie Benjamin, what was it? Uh, yeah, you remember he turned into a baby again? Yeah, no, I wanna, let me ask you about this, Marcus, because this is, this is a big thing. When people get this kind of information and go, wow, I love the concept, I love the idea, and in practicality, here's what a lot of people run into, and this is one of the things that we're dealing with a lot using, you know, hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. But from your point of view, one of the toughest things for a lot of people has got to be, like, making the transition, letting go. Because you've got the yeast, you've got the mold, you've got the fungus, yeah. you've got the parasites yep. going, give me more fast food. And then you have, you know, marketing. We're bombarded with a million pieces of advertising every day in an urban environment. For those of you who ever wonder why red and yellow are on every fast food joint across the nation, it's because it's blood and guts. We're biologically wired. So these people, these four 
resources are spending a lot of money making this happen, and then also the yeast mold and fungus in our body is craving that stuff. So, so like, what would you say to people who are going, God, I want to do this, I want to go in that direction, Marcus, but I, I just have such uncontrollable cravings or I have a really difficult time letting go of those foods. What would you say to them? It, it's like any uh, addiction. I mean, people think that alcohol and cocaine and cigarettes are addictive. I say you try to separate a woman from cheese and bread and you watch what addiction is. I mean, it's like, uh, or a man from sugar. It, it, it's like it is, sugar is one molecule difference from cocaine. It is the most, it's one of the most addictive substances, and the only difference is, is, is the time it takes to kill you. Cheese is like glue. You eat cheese, it clogs you up. Bread is just nasty. So those are the, the, the big ones. And if you try to stop that, yes, you're going to get that. You're going to get nasty if you try to. But like anything, it's a test. And like I always say, life is like a video game, and you know, you, you master one level and you get to the, the next one by saying no. And it's going to be hard the first week, but there's like this threshold that you pass. And once you pass it, you, like I said, just like that one morning you wake up and you won't need it anymore. And you just got to make it to that point. And if you fast, that's actually one of the best ways to do it. Um, to It just naturally... The chemicals in your body that that crave that they just kind of fade away, and you also got to remember it's not it's just you that's craving this stuff; it's the parasites. Whatever you like, that sugary sweet stuff, they like that too, and they actually tap into your cells. A lot of parasites they actually attach themselves to your cells. Now your cells are attached to your nervous system, which attached to your brain. So if a parasite's hungry and it says more yeast, more sugar, more alcohol, more whatever it is, more bread, more cheese. It's not necessarily you that's asking for that. <laughs> so as long as you understand it's the little alien beings that are going along for a ride in you that are asking for it, that makes it a little easier to go, oh, that's when you get angry and you go, okay, you buggers, I'm going to starve you out. You're not getting what you're asking for because you're unwanted house guests and I'm not going to feed you anymore and you're out of here. When you get that kind of an attitude, it gives you a little bit more of a fighting attitude to, to uh, you know, because they are they're on they're unwanted house guests and they're leap, they're, yeah. they're 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 mooching off of you, off of your food. Now let me ask you this, Marcus. Uh, let's make a distinction here between the natural sugars that occur in fruits and the refined and processed sugars, and in terms of the cleaning house. You know, in your mind, do you see a difference between the two? And would you say you need to eliminate both sugars yes. for a while yes. to let those cravings die away? Sugar is sugar. I mean, processed sugar is pure acid. I mean, in fact, sugar crystals, the white sugar, that's just pure acid. That'll eat it. That'll eat through anything. That's bad. But fruit sugars are more natural, but they're still sugar. And sugar is a source of energy. And they feed parasites, and it feeds yeah, bacteria, yeast, mold, and fungus. And that's what's in my book. There, I have 20 main things that raw foodists do wrong, 20 things that vegetarians do wrong. Uh, one of the things that raw foodists do wrong is, yeah, they, they eat raw food, and they don't eat meat and sugar and, you know, and, I mean, and dairy or anything, but they go for Sugary stuff. They go for the sweet fruits. They they start making raw, quote unquote, cheesecake and anything that tastes like desserts. And they don't have greens and and um, people and they start juicing oranges and and 
when you juice an orange, and there's a reason there's fiber in there, because it, it helps buffer the glycemic rush that your pancreas has and you have all this sugar. And it helps clean out your system. So, what, so if you're going to make orange juice, you have to cut it down with 50% water. Otherwise, you have too much sugar. But most people do straight juice, and that's not good. But if you're doing a cleanse, if you're doing a cleanse, don't do any sweet fruits during the cleanse. Now, lemon juice is okay if you do like the master cleanse thing. That's fine. But Lay, stay away from the sweet fruits while you're having a cleanse. I know it's boring. I know it's blah, but that's the whole point is you got to clean out your desires and the evil, bad ways and make the parasites want to pack up and leave. Um, you need to go through a cleanse. And a cleanse is you're, you're saying no to everything. I mean, I, I know, and I know people that actually, speaking of cleanse, that, that you know, when you say no to the fun stuff in life, um, I know people that actually do a vow of silence where they don't even talk for a week or two, and even if even if they're in a relationship, it's like you have to honor the person's space enough to where they literally zero out, where they do nothing. They don't eat. They don't talk. They don't. Um, they they literally make themselves one with God again, and they start from zero, and then little by little, whatever they let back in their life is only pure stuff. Whatever it is, I mean, in a relationship, in food, in it is. You know, so- let's 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 mention this, though, Marcus. For those out there, particularly my clients in Silicon Valley, who have you know children at home, small children at home, and you know, in a job they have to show up to every day. How you know? How would you recommend zeroing out with all that going on? And you know what, children. Got, you know, Children are, they should be actually more respected than adults, because adults are, are just children that have bad habits that have gone crazy. Children are very smart, they're very intelligent, they like playing games, they, they, they are, in, in my eyes, more tuned in with God and the truth and nature than adults are. Adults are so wrapped up in their fear of losing their house and their car and their, their job and their money and their bills. Kids don't care about that stuff. They would. They they want to do what feels right. They want to do what feels natural. And if the, if you if the if you tell your child, we're going to have a cleanse this week. We're going to do. You know, they'll get it. They'll know what it. They'll. It'll be a game. They'll be playing along with it. You know, they're not. They should be treated with a little more um, honor and respect than we give them. I mean, they they should be. You know, they should not be talked down to or looked down. When I talk to kids, and I don't care if they're two year olds, five year olds. I talk to them like adults. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, I don't go, oh, little Jimmy, oh, you're so cute. I don't do that. It's like, hey, come on over here. You know, it's, I just, I just I treat them like a normal, mature being. And trust me, the way they talk to you back is just, it's just, that's how it should be. It's like, the, the that's why kids, they don't know what's, they don't have the fears and insecurities and anxieties that adults do. And, um, I think if you tell them that you're going to do the right thing as far as cleaning out your life, and you're going to, they'll go along with it. They'll do it. They'll, they'll. Well, I mean, in terms of, I mean, in terms of really, you know, being able to zero out. I mean, I, I think that, you know, for a lot of, 
you know, people who are kind of caught up in, in the race right now, for them to, like, you know, go out in the desert for a week and have a vow of silence well, is you don't need to do not a realistic option. Do whatever option. you yeah. can. Do whatever you can, yeah. obviously. I mean, it's like, I mean, not everybody can do everything, but, you know, do whatever you can with whatever you have. And But all I'm saying is you'd be surprised how far you can push it. You would be amazed how, when you'd want, when you commit yourself to doing the right thing, how everything in nature and all the people around you, including your your family, a lot of them will honor that, and, and you, they'll just step, you'll, a path will be cleared for you so you can do that. It'll They'll allow yeah. it to happen. And a lot of them will a lot of them the old the older they are the harder they are to change like the old they, they'll be more cynical and stuff the younger they are i find the more they're willing they're tried they're willing to try a new game and um you know the the hardest ones to break like i notice women are the easiest to to to, to do this men are like oh, i gotta have my beef i gotta have my my uh manly ways you know my, my barbecue and everything and and they're the ones that are, like are all just really hard and stubborn and don't want to, you know, change their ways. So the best thing I say is don't even fight them. Just become that young, sexy person, and they're going to feel like, uh-oh, if I don't join this, I'm going to lose my mate to somebody else because they're becoming too sexy for me. You know, it's like live the example. That's the all that. Don't try to change someone. Don't force them. Just do it for yourself, and they'll notice. They'll see what the change is. They'll start seeing changes pretty radically, and they'll go, "Wow, it does work." Hey, I want yeah. to try that too. You don't change people by forcing them to change. You change them by living the example, and you create a vacuum that sucks them into your world. Excellent. Now let me. Okay, go ahead. I was just going to list a few things real quick. As you're saying, what, what are some of the signs you have parasites or that you're clogged up and feeding these suckers? Um, and that is like chronic fatigue. You're feeling tired all the time. You're depressed. You're forgetful. You, your thinking is kind of foggy. You can't focus. You have strong cravings for greasy food, sugary food, lots of carb, bread, fruit, fruit juices, alcohol. Uh, you eat a lot, but you're still hungry. Um, you have digestive problems. You have gas, bloating, constipation, uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Syndrome, uh, you're anemic, you have joint pains, muscle pains, arthritis type stuff, back, shoulders, and thighs are hurting, skin problems, hives, rashes, eczema, psoriasis, acne, um, allergic type reactions, you're itching. If you're itching anywhere in your body, chances are you got parasites, especially your butt. Or um, I know that's nasty, but people have that. <laughs> uh, you have excessive a number of bacterial or viral infections, candida, headaches, you're restless, you have anxiety, you're nervous. People don't realize that when they have like nervous issues or they're, they're irritable, a lot of that is physical. It's actually what, I mean, it's chemical. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Your heartbeat can be messed up. You can have fast heartbeat, heart pain, insomnia. You have trouble sleeping. That's a big one, actually. If you have trouble sleeping, uh, you probably have parasites. You, uh, you have heart pain. Now, let me ask you about the heart pain real quick. I mean, that's just, you know, we get a lot of people that they're stressed. They feel maybe some, you know, heart palpitations, you know. and It's all connected. It's all connected. There, there isn't one thing like, well, I have parasites. So I'm going to take this parasite pill, and it's going to kill them, and then I'll be fine. Well, 
why do you have parasites? Probably, and this is just one example of why, how it's all connected. Well, you probably have parasites because you ate bread and cheese and some kind of nasty crap that created mucus, which feeds the parasites. And you're also working in some kind of stressful situation, you're either your job or your relationship, which makes you more acidic, which, which increases the mucus, which feeds the parasites. So just getting rid of, I mean, you can buy my parasite formula, and, and you need to anyway, but... Just killing the parasites isn't going to stop the fact that you're still eating bad food. You're still feeding the, the suckers, and you're still stressed out. You need to take care of the whole picture. You can't just take care of one symptom. I think it's going to get rid of all the other stuff. You know, So it's really important. Oh, and se- sexual dysfunction, that's a big one, too, uh, for, for both men and women. If they're, not, if they're not just feeling all frisky all the time, you need to do some cleaning out big time because that is the one thing that helps more than anything. You can't take like horny goat weed or or some kind of like herb that's going to make you all, you know, horny or something. It's like you need to clean out. The biggest thing that people, the, one of the biggest things for getting your sex drive back is, is you know, the hormones are very delicate and they stop working when you're clogged up and you're not, and, and you're, you're gummed up. And it's nature's way of surviving the species is if you're not healthy, your horm- the first thing that goes is your hormones, so the unhealthy ones don't reproduce. That's the way nature sets it up. So for those people who can't lose weight and they're told that, you know, it's an overactive thyroid or they're told or an underactive thyroid or they're told that they have a hormone imbalance, um, what would you say to them? Well, getting hormone shots is not the answer. I mean, or, or, some, or getting thyroid, you know, taking uh, iron or taking uh, iodine. It's like, what caused that condition in the first place? It's like I said, you know, it's like putting, like, octane boost in your car, thinking it's going to make it drive like a supercar, when the whole real problem is you have gunk and rust clogging up your, your, your fuel lines. You know, you need to clean out the cause, not just try to hide the symptom. And if your hormones aren't working, if you don't have a sex drive, it, it, uh, you need to clean out your endocrine system so it can make hormones again. And the reason it's not working is, and it's all listed in my book, I've got a whole checklist of what you're probably doing wrong in your life that's making it not work right. All that means is there's something not that, that's blocking you from functioning the way you're supposed to work. It could be bad food. It could be stress. It could be a million things. It, it could just be the way you think. It could be a lot of stuff. It's not just raw food either. I mean, look at George Burns. He lived to be 100, and he was drinking and smoking. And then there's raw foodists out there that drop dead at 80, you know, or 70 or 80. The, it's the whole package deal. And the reason a lot of raw foodists don't get better is because they, they eat the raw food, but they don't clean out. They don't. They like to do the, hmm, this, this raw cheesecake tastes great, you know. And when I say cheesecake, I mean it's made out of cashews or something. But, um, but they don't want to do the cleaning. They don't do the animals or the colonics or the stuff that they need to do to clean the bad stuff out. All they want to do is put good stuff in. So it's the whole picture. It's the whole picture, and that's why you, why you have you can't just do a piece of it. You have to do the whole thing, and it's real simple. It's really not that hard. Um, that's why my book is a fast read. You can read the whole thing in 90 minutes. It's, it's, I, just, I just get right to the point. They do this, this, and this, and, if, and then I have a checklist at the end. If you still have this, this, and this, then do this, this, and this. You know, it, it's, um, it's real basic, and it really, I'm not saying anything new. This is stuff that everybody already knows. They knows they, they've known this since the day we were born. I'm just reminding them of basic nature principles that God imbued in us the moment we were born. And then we just kind of forgot about it. 
And I want to say this to the markets. One of the things I really respect about the way you put together your message is, you know, there there is no, you know, at the at the end of this wonderful article about how you need to heal yourself, here's some proprietary formula that you have to go take to do it. And I love that. You go, this is stuff that you can do. It's simple. It's cheap. And everyone out there, I want you to, you know, check out this book. I bought the book. I read the book. I love the book. But also, he's got over 100 different reports on pretty much any kind of condition that you could have or that you could have an issue with. And I want to touch on one of those just briefly, Mark, just to give people a little idea of kind of what's in those booklets, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I know we're, I know we're probably this is going to probably end up being two interviews, but for those people out there that, um, you know, because sugar is a big one for a lot of people, and for a lot of people, especially, you know, busy metro areas, you know, social drinking is a huge, huge thing for people, and that's one of the toughest things that I see people have a difficult time giving up, that and sweets. But in terms of, like, the, the alcohol for those people, what would you say to them in terms of, like, you know, ways to give that up or natural replacements that they could use or, 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 or how, to, you know, how to tackle that? I think the first, thing, the first thing you need to do is ask yourself, why are you drinking it in the first place? What is the actual reason? Is it because it's like thumb-sucking, it makes you feel good? It's like, it's like a reactional thing that, that you know, it, it gives you – it's like comfort food in a way. Does it give you a rush? Does it – I mean um, – and can you get that from something else? Yes, you can. Um, is it because you look cool with the glass in your hand? Is it because everybody else is doing it, so you want to fit in? You got to under you look at you, you got to look at step back outside of yourself and everything that you do. Think to yourself, why am I doing this? And then, do I really need to be doing this? And and if, whatever effect it is that it gives me, can I get it from something that's healthier or better for me? Now, I've never touched a drop, drop of alcohol in my life, so I can tell you it's not necessary. I don't need it. I did have a sugar weakness for the longest time. I, I mean, when I got rid of meat and stuff, the biggest thing for me was sugar, and that was like the hardest thing. Um, so everybody's got their weaknesses. That in, in a pretty... Um, partner but anyway it's a whole other story um you know i'm 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 a i guess you could say i'm a loveaholic i'm I'm a double or triple leo and i'm like i live for romance and but that's a whole other interview in itself but the 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 alcohol thing um hard liquor obviously (laughs) stay away but i mean there is there's a raw food place in new york um that has wine organic wine with their foods and Everything that I've read, from personal experience, I can't give you any any feedback because I've never touched alcohol in my life. But I've heard that you know a glass of organic red wine. You've all heard this. Dinner is okay, and I'm not saying you know stop alcohol altogether. But if you're going to have it, at least do something that's like organic wine or something, um, and then don't go crazy with it. Do like you know the occasional glass or something. Um, I personally don't like alcohol. I don't like anything about it. I see what it does to people. Um, I think a glass of wine might loosen someone up, put them in a good mood. That's fine. But um, as far as whatever it is that it does to you, if it's the taste or does it make you feel good, does it loosen you up, you can get that from other things. So, I mean... Like I said, George Burns lived to be 100 drinking and smoking. And, and obviously there's something about feeling good, about not feeling like you're being forced to do something. That's really important. If you do it because you feel you have to and you're obliged to do it and you hate doing it, it's going to make you worse. So don't, don't stop doing it because you feel like, like you're being forced to do it. Stop doing it because you want to stop doing it. And that's really important. You, know, you need to do this because you really want to do it.
we know basic human psychology, if you try to take something away from a person that they think they want, they're going to want it ten times more. Right. So trying to do that, what it actually does is, like when people, like if I'm helping someone quit smoking, for instance, what I'll tell them after their first session is, hey, you're free to go smoke as much as you want. And what it does is it diffuses that rebellious attitude right. inside of them. Exactly. And, and, and it makes them know that it's, it's a choice, that they don't want to do it, and it helps them let it go. Because if they go and then start fighting the craving or white-knuckling it, what we find happens is they literally reinforce the belief that they've given something up. Right. You need, you need to just not need it anymore, not want it anymore. And if the more you let someone have it, and once you get in the raw food lifestyle, something happens in you. Your whole frequency, your energy changes, the way you look at life, your value system. You just don't want the things anymore that you wanted before. It just naturally starts happening on its own. And then you just kind of listen to like this little voice inside you, and you just you just doesn't feel right to do certain things anymore. And I just let people, I just step back. I let people find it on their own at their own pace. Some people do it overnight. Some people it takes, you know, years to do it. But you got to step back and let them do it at their own pace. Some people, they go two steps forward, one step back. You know, they go completely raw, and then they go, oh, my God, I crave, I, I miss my pasta. So they, they fall back. They go have their Thai food, whatever it is, you know, Italian food. And then they feel sick, and then they go, oh, well, I learned my lesson. I'm going back to healthy again. So they, you know, and they, they go back and forth. But the steps become smaller and smaller, and then finally they, the, the, the fallback stuff, the weak moments become fewer and fewer. And, and having patience with someone is so important when you have unconditional love. You have to let them fall every now and then and learn their lesson. Do you think it's possible to let that happen naturally, though, Marcus, if, if there is such an overgrowth of, like, yeast, mold, fungus, or parasites in the body? Is it possible that you can kind of win that over naturally without having to kind of white-knuckle it a little bit in the beginning to kill them off? I mean, if you, for instance, um, you know, David Wolf. Uh, an interview I did with him said so just start adding lots of really dark bitter greens to kind of offset yeah. some of the other things. Yeah, so yeah. Is well, it, that's a given. I mean, you, you give them the instructions to do that, and obviously, hopefully, they're doing that. But there's several things that encourage people to go further, and that is one: you be the example. Show them what it's like to be on the other side, or surround yourself with people that have made it that cross the river and they're waving at you saying come on over that's fine everything's great look at how beautiful and fun and sexy this life is over here um when you show them what it's like to be in that position or if you know somebody that is over there having fun you want to be like that and you will step through that river and do what it takes to get there you need something to inspire you, and that's what I'm all about. That's really my purpose on this planet is to inspire people to say, come on over, the water's fine, and show them what it's like. And they need something to pull them across that hard, that, that, that transitional period where they have to say goodbye to the, what, what they're addicted to. And they need something to attract them that whatever it is that's attracting them needs to be a stronger magnet than what they're getting rid of. And I would rather live to be 150 and be sexy and young and having fun than uh, having uh, something that's comfort food that lasts, that gives me maybe a 20-minute rush, and then I pay for it for the next four hours by feeling like crap. You know, because if you think about it, the stuff that we're addicted to, it gives us a rush for about an hour or two or whatever it is, and then 
And then afterwards, we there's like double the length of time that we're paying for it. We're constipated. We have we have zits. We we feel like run down. We're miserable. We're cranky. We we fight and argue with people. You know what if we? It's just not worth it. I mean, when you realize what it's like to be on the other side where you, you feel really good, you don't fight and argue anymore, you feel really good about life, you're sexy, you look in the mirror, you've lost weight, you, you have all the energy in the world, you need only four hours of sleep, why would I not want to be there? You know? It's, yeah, it's, it's, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, before we wrap up, there, there's one more thing I want to talk about, because a lot of people, when we, when we start to describe what the raw food lifestyle is like, or just, you know, and again, this is, you don't have to be 100% raw, um, you know, right. we think that, that you'll probably want to go in that direction, but just less refined and processed, more whole, more natural, more organic. But one of the things that I notice in particular when I ask people, you know, different people in the movement, Marcus, they've all confirmed, I noticed happier thoughts. My wife noticed happier thoughts just from getting away from the refined and processed junk yeah. and starting to eat whole natural foods. It literally changes your noticeably life. changed our, our, our entire, like, the thoughts we would have, yes. the dreams we would have. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that and what, and what like, put a carrot out there for people, you know, organic carrot out there for people to uh, <laughs> change a little bit. Well, that's what I was saying the whole time. He's like, everything changes. Everything changes. Not just, I mean, you are the result. What you are. You as a human being is the result of everything that you have not just put in your mouth, but what you've taken in your ears, in your mind, in your soul, in, through your eyes, you know, all the disturbing images and thoughts and concepts and paranoid conspiracy theories that, you, that people have been rotating and, you know, the economy and whatever it is, all that stuff is what makes you what you are. And, 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 and it, it's messing us up and it's weighting us down and all the arguments and fights and all the other people's insecurities and everything that we're, we're this big giant sponge of, of you know, uh, our brain is nothing more than a hard drive that collects information of other people's theories of what life is. Well, I don't listen to my brain anymore. I listen to my heart because that taps into something bigger. That's like the voice of God. That's nature. That's the universe. And every time I listen to my brain, it's like... Do this, you know, it tells you reasons why you should or shouldn't do something, and it's usually fear-based. If you don't do something, this is going to happen. And then you, you know, but then my heart was saying, oh, no, just come on, try this. Trust me, there's something, try doing something that's never been done before. And whenever I listen to my brain, I usually regretted it. When usually I listen to my heart, it, was, it paid off big time. And the heart usually tries to tell you to do something that's never been done before. And all I'm saying is, like, that's the frequency that you should be listening to, not your brain. And when you go into raw food, the lifestyle, I don't even like saying raw food. It's just a lifestyle. When you start doing the right thing, because that's really all you're doing. You're doing the right thing. You're doing something that the way it was designed by nature, by God, by the universe. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And when you start doing that, you feel like... Something in you goes, I'm doing the right thing, and I feel good by doing the right thing. And I can sleep at night knowing I did the right thing. I didn't do something that I'm going to regret. I don't have like this sneaky little thing that I snuck in from an addiction, or I, I'm, I'm not hiding the truth from somebody. When you go into this lifestyle, you actually start opening up to people. You start telling them the truth. You don't hide anything anymore. You're not deceiving anymore. You're not, because everybody around you, and this gets kind of maybe spiritual or something, but everybody around you is just a reflection of you. That's all it is. 
They just bounce back to you what you see in yourself. And when you're honest to yourself, you're honest to them, and they start being honest to you, and then the whole connection of you and the universe starts becoming real, beautiful, honest, living the way you start seeing reality. You're not living in a fantasy, and you're not living in something that's an illusion. And you start waking up in the morning going, wow, it's good to be alive. You wake up and you see the sunlight and your hormones are raging and you start feeling like it's love. And, and, you know, everybody you talk to, there's just this love that comes out of you. And this sounds like a flower child, hippie, corny thing, but it's true. You really are, the only thing that's left that you can feel is the truth. And the truth is love, as, as simple as I can put it, is everything that you say, everything that you feel, Everything that you are as a human being comes from a place of doing the right thing and caring about others, and they start caring about you, and the world starts to heal in a big, big way when more and more people start feeling this way. And you don't, you're not selfish anymore. You're not worried. You're not, you, can, you can die. And now I understand what all these great leaders, Gandhi and Christ and everybody, were like. They can nail you to a cross, and you won't care. You are so in love with the truth that no matter what the the universe does to you, no matter how bad the economy is, no matter if you lose your house, whatever it is, it won't kill your spirit. You are just okay with yeah. everything. And it doesn't matter as long as you have love in your life. And that's why I say the most important thing, if you're in a relationship, is to put that first. Love yourself. Love the person you're with. Make that your priority. Not your job. Not your money. Not your bills. Have a few minutes every day in the morning at night where you just you shut everything off and you look into the eyes of your lover and you say, this is what matters in my life. And everything will just come naturally to you. You'll know what to eat. You'll know what to drink. You'll know what to do. When you go to work, your decisions will come from a place of truth and honesty. And your coworkers will respect you. You'll start to become a hero. And guess what? You'll probably save the economy doing it. <laughs> it's all yeah. connected. It's all connected. Everything. This lifestyle is what's going to heal the world. And I truly believe it. And I'm living it. And it's working. And I'm getting emails from all over the world saying it's, it's, it's affecting them. And I'm getting from, like, really cool countries, you know, like Bali and Russia and Venezuela and, like, really, like, middle of nowhere, people in the jungles. It's changing everything. That's amazing. And you can, you know, this is one of the reasons why I love interviewing people like you, Marcus, because that life force that you're talking about being in the food, you can actually hear it in your voice. And imagine what the world would be like if we all lived this way. I mean, I just think it would be so amazing, and I want to be around for that. It's so love. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm high. I'm literally high. I don't have fears. It's like it, it's this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a joy ride here. Life is to be. This is this is heaven if you choose to make it heaven. It's gonna be hell if you choose to make it hell. And stop listening to your brain. It's what's screwing you up. Start listening to your heart. And there's nothing better than having somebody come in the door who's really uptight, and you you diffuse that with a hug and a kiss or whatever it is, and they just melt. You can just see it melting away in that person within instantly. Bam, finger snap. It's gone. And suddenly there's this, it's like you've lifted the load. And just imagine that happening on a huge scale. And that's why I say, that's what the World Health Project is. I'm saying it's so important. What you do on a personal level to yourself is where it all starts. Don't wait for the government. Don't wait for the banks. Don't wait for the, 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 the doctors to heal you. The only one that can heal you is you. And when you heal yourself, you heal everyone around you, and they start healing people around them. 
And that's the only thing that's going to save this world at the 11th hour. Beautiful. And let's end with this. Um, Marcus, I remember hearing you on one of your video clips where you say, your dreams are your instructions from God. Yes. And I, and I love that. So for those of you who want to check this out, go to HealYourself101.com, download the Raw Food Diet Lifestyle book, get that, check it out. Also, you can YouTube Marcus. And Marcus, I'd love to have you come back on a on another interview down the road, there's so much we didn't even get to talk about. For those of you who don't know, half of Marcus's house is like set up by solar yeah. energy, yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, like you've got all this other amazing things that you're doing that are not only good now, but they're good long term. They make sense now, and they make sense for future generations to come. So it'd be a great honor at some point to have you back on the show to talk about I would about love some to other be aspects honored. of that. Anything good. that I can do to help people become self-sufficient and be proud of themselves. Uh, that's what I'm all about is I'm living the example saying it works. It really works, and you can change the world. And for those of you who feel like you're small and insignificant and think, like, what am I going to do? What is one little tiny insignificant peon going to do in this world? Well, it's, think about it. All the people that ever changed the world usually were little insignificant peons at one point, and they started listening to their heart. And all the one, everybody from Jesus Christ to Joan of Arc to Gandhi, they were nobodies. They were nobodies. They were born in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a shed, and they changed the world because they listened to their heart. And that could be you. That could literally be you. And I want it to be you, and I want you to show me your before and after picture, and I want you to tell me how you changed the world. Wonderful. Cool. Well, thanks, Marcus. This is uh, Robert Harrison with Coaching by the Life Coach. Today we're talking with Marcus Rothkrantz from HealYourself101.com about how to stop aging and heal anything. Marcus, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you all next week. Find more great shows like this on PersonalLifeMedia.com.